Red O'Hara woke at first light, convinced that he should be dead, and ashamed that he wasn't. There was nothing unusual about this. Every day began the same way. He pushed aside his mosquito net and glanced quickly around the bare wooden slat walls of his bedroom. He needed to confirm that he was safe in his bedroom and not back in hell. He rose and walked to the window to begin another day of discipline and routine and realized the objective the doctors had insisted he set himself. Progress will only come through setting objectives and achieving them, they'd said smugly, and also cleverly transferred the blame for their own lack of progress onto him. One day Red had surprised them by obliging. He wrote a single word in large childish letters and taped the sheet of paper to the wall above his bed. Survive was all it said. His doctors had encouraged him to write more. They didn't think survival was much of an objective. But to Red, it had seemed like an insurmountable mountain. Barely two hundred people lived on the whole of Great Barrier Island, and only three were sufficiently antisocial to live on the northern end in the wilds around Wreck Bay. Both his neighbors kept their distance. The sun was still well short of the horizon as Red slipped into his routine. Exercise, breakfast, housework, shower. He allowed himself a few moments of deep breathing to calm his mind before easing slowly into his stretches. Anyone watching would have been thoroughly perplexed. His movements were fluid and graceful, but almost impossibly slow and stylized. The early light revealed a body without an ounce of fat on it. Red lived a hard, Spartan life, and it showed. He finished his exercises, yet still made no move to dress. His skin was tanned, leathery, and desensitized from years of exposure to sun and elements. Red was forty-four years old, with the body of a younger man and the skin of one years older. The sun had bleached his Celtic red hair and beard, so they had turned gingery at the tips. His eyes were his most remarkable feature. They were the eyes of a great seducer, though Red showed not the slightest inclination to use them that way. Only rarely did anyone feel their intensity. Breakfast was fish rice, and that hardly varied either. Red's kitchen typified the man. Everything was in its place and spotless. He opened the fridge door, grabbed a jug of powdered milk, a bowl of fish stock in which to boil his rice, and a small steamed snapper. Once the rice was on, he broke the steamed snapper into small pieces, laid it in a bamboo steamer, and placed it over the simmering rice to warm through. Archie sat on his rug beside the cold stove and whined in anticipation. There was a strong chance that no one else in the whole of New Zealand sat down to a breakfast remotely like it. He divided the rice meticulously between two bowls, shared the flesh of the snapper equally, but laid the fish head and frame on Archie's bowl. Red liked sucking out the eyes and the cheeks, but so did Archie, and it was the border collie's turn. Red was never anything but scrupulously fair. Red and Archie always had breakfast on the veranda except when rain or high winds made it too uncomfortable. He was grateful that there was something filling and life-sustaining to put in his bowl. Anyone who had ever been forced to go without would understand.